0: Welcome to a new week of Blake's Take. We're back at you with amazing local and national sports over the weekend. We're going to dive right into it where we have another big star leaving Houston this year with the Houston Texans releasing star defensive end J.J. Watt holy smokes who would have thought we did see this coming I called it out here on Blake's take back in like week 14 when Watt after uh the defeating loss to the Bengals he was frustrated with the team's effort and frustrated with the organization and expressed his concerns there and now it has all just come to a peak and Watt has been released I have sat down with McNair family, and I have asked them for my release, and we have mutually agreed to part ways at this time, Watt said, in a video posted on Twitter. I came here 10 years ago as a kid from Wisconsin who'd never really been to Texas before, and now I can't imagine my life without Texas in it. The way you guys have treated me besides draft night, I mean, you guys booed me on draft night, but every day after that, you treated me like family, and I truly feel like you're my family. Watt was drafted by the Texans in 2011 with the number 11 overall pick when he became the face of the franchise, winning three NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards from 2012 to 2015. He is one of three players to win the award three times. Watt had one year remaining on the contract he signed in 2014. He was owed $17.5 million in 2021, but his salary was not guaranteed. He is now free to sign with another team. Watt's brothers TJ and Derek both play for the Steelers. TJ took to Twitter after JJ announced his release on Friday, showing him he wants his brother to play with them in Pittsburgh. Exciting there. In 2020, Watt ranked 15th out of 119 qualified pass rushers in the pass rush win rate, according to ESPN stats and information research. He finished the season with five sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception that he returned for a touchdown. Watt is by far the most productive pass rusher in Texans history, no doubt. With 101 career sacks, there have been only two players in the team history with more Then 30, Whitney Marcellus with 54 and Mario Williams with 53 since the franchise first season in 2002. He's one of the best defensive players in history, McNair told ESPN's Adam Schefter. It's hard to put in a sentence or two because he was meant so much to the team in the city. His legacy will be with us for years. It's bye for now, but not bye for good. My kids grew up with him. He's played with them on the sidelines. One of my kids shares a birthday with him. Mom is a big fan of his. He just meant so much to all of us. This is doing right by him, and that gives him a time to pick up in his next stop. So end to an incredible era with J.J. Watt on the Houston Texans. What a meaningful part to the organization, the city. He will definitely go down in Texas history as the GOAT of the organization. There is no doubt about that, and especially there's no doubt that he will be truly missed. As far as the teams I think he will go to, my two probable landing spots for Watt are the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I also think that the Tennessee Titans could also land him. Let's start with Cleveland. Miles Garrett has established himself as an elite pass rusher in this league, but he can't do that all alone and obviously needs another person to help out on the front four. With added to the Browns' front four, they could take the next step beyond their playoff run last year, with now an elite-level defense and the other more fit uh They would be more fit to compete with teams like Kansas City. They were so close. I know the Patrick Mahomes definitely played a huge part in that, but they really could step it up if they didn't have to face the Chiefs so early they could really, with the front four and J.J. Watt on one side, Miles Garrett on another, it would be very hard to stop this, and it would look much like Tampa Bay did in the Super Bowl with an elite defense of that caliber level. I truly believe with Miles Garrett and J.J. Watt, they could reach that high level of defense and the other more fit for one for Watt would be Pittsburgh of course as we all know both of Watt's brothers on the are on the Steelers and with Watt added to finish off the trifecta the chemistry would transform this defense to a new level Pittsburgh would be able to shut down the run game no problem which would be a key in a run to a dominant a run, run dominant AFC North division Like, seriously, the chemistry, I don't think people realize, like, brothers and all of them, they have grown up together, and they... The chemistry they build through high school playing together and even some of them in college. When they're in the NFL, they'll remember that and they'll get used to it very quickly. And with all, with Watt and TJ Watt and JJ Watt on the defense, as along with the other elite pieces to the Steelers defense, it would really help the Steelers transform. They had an incredible season this year offensively. Now the defensive part is what's going to push them to the next level. And then to add with the Titans, they could really use some help on their front four, which would help them because their run game is super dominant. They've looked like a defense on offense when they're doing running it with Derrick Henry, just powering through teams. And the and the Titans' secondary is very good, but their front four hasn't been the best at pass rushing, and that, that would help for Tennessee if they could acquire a guy like Watt. So overall, any team would love to add Watt to their defensive front. And I'm glad that his options are open for the next step in his legendary career. As far as NBA, over the weekend we had some great matchups that were still well anticipated. Starting off with Warriors Nets in Katie's first return to the Bay since leaving for Brooklyn. Durant did a bit of everything in this first trip back to the Bay Area to play the team he helped capture two championships over the three years. scoring 20 points in the Brooklyn's 134-117 victory against Golden State on Saturday night. My time here at Golden State was so much fun, Durant said. It was such a big learning experience, especially learning the game of basketball. A different philosophy, I'm going to take that with me for the rest of my life. This is something that is such a no-brainer. When Kevin came here and gave us three years of just incredible basketball, the least we can do is welcome his back with open arms, Warriors coach, coach Steve Kerr said. A guy that gave everything to us for three years, then left with a devastating injury. There should be a lot of love. He did so much for us, and there's no other way we can thank him but just showing him all the love we can. Stephen Curry didn't have his best game, going only 10 of 17 for 27 points. That's no small feat, but he only went 22 for 9 from deep, which is kind of cold shooting for the elite level that Steph shoots out. And it is just cold shooting all around for Golden State. The Warriors saw ex-Houston nemesis James Harden for the first time in the Nets' uniform for this f- first time, and he dished out 16 assists to go along with 19 points, including five threes and eight rebounds. Kyrie Irving also scored 23 points as Brooklyn snapped a seven-game losing streak on the Warriors' home floor in their first visit to the new Chase, uh, Chase Center. The Warriors shot 4-for-20 on three pointers in the first half. Yikes one of seven for Curry, and trailed 66-51 to 51 at the break. It was just poor shooting, and that is definitely what cost them the game. But it was still all love to shown to KZ, KD, and the legacy he has left at Golden Stake will live on forever. I'm so glad that they got to have a good, fun matchup. And it was just an elite performance by the Nets offense. You could see that Kyrie, and <laughs> Kyrie even admitted that he just announced the other day that is the point guard on this team, and he's the shooting guard, and then Kevin Durant's just the leader all around. And so Harden is fully taking on that role, dishing out assists every single night. It's been like 15+, 13+. Plus, plus. He is going off with assists, getting his teammates involved, and he is so good in accepting his role on this team. I am proud of, of the humility that he has taken on this team, and he knows what it's going to take to make the pieces work and fit for a championship. On to Sunday Night Basketball, where we had two elite stars and Luka Doncic and hometown hero Damian Lillard dueled it out in Dallas. The Blazers got out to an early 9-point lead after they were battling for it in the first quarter. But then Luka caught fire, hitting three straight threes in the final two minutes of the first half to shorten the lead to just three points at the break. But then it was Dame time in the third, with Dame hitting several key threes down the stretch that contributed to a 13-3 run in the 45-point third quarter, which is tied for the most in points in a quarter by the Blazers in franchise history. Down to just three minutes we go. Mavs are down seven. Doncic got to work, leading his team on an 11-4 run to tie things up 116 apiece with just a minute to go. Ball was in Dame's hands, 30 seconds on the clock, he stepped back and buried the dagger. Luka got an incredible look afterwards with just 6 seconds left remaining to send this one into OT. He got the shot off but it rolled in and out in the Mavs fall despite Luka's incredible 44 point performance. But the Blazers on the other hand get their 4th straight victory and are winning the 6 out of their last 7, looking really good on their road trip so far. Great action all around the league this weekend, and I can't wait to see some more action this coming week. They absolutely balled out. The Blazers are balling out. They're looking good and securing their spot in a playoff spot for the Western Conference. And as the break is approaching, the midseason break is approaching, they're looking like an elite team in the Western Conference battling to stay in the the 8, 7, 6, even try and push forward into the top five, but they're going to definitely stay in this Western Conference race. As far as local sports, the Ducks competed, completed the sweep in Arizona while the Bees got swept. It was all a battle all game for the Ducks going back and forth with the Wildcats all the way down to the 15 second mark where the Ducks were down one. Oregon's final shot was supposed to be to Will Richardson in the in the paint. When things broke down, the Ducks worked the ball around and dished it out to Chris Dort who would hit the dagger with 15.6 seconds left to hang on for the 63 to 61 victory. We had two options, Will in the lane or me in the corner, and that's what happened, said Dort who had 10 points on 4 of 14 shooting. He didn't have anything, was an unselfish unselfish player, and kicked it out, and I happened to hit the three. Three ducks scored in double figures, with Eugene Omurayu leading the the way with 19. Oregon is now on a six-game winning streak and is rounding into form just at the perfect time in this season. The Ducks could join the AP Top 25 as early as next week after sweeping Arizona schools and will likely be a contender in the regular season conference race. They are now third in the Pac-12, and it is very exciting to see what the Ducks will do in the coming in the coming weeks, in the coming season, in the coming rest of the season. March Madness is getting closer and closer, and so are the Ducks' madness. is just a Rising and rising. As far as the Bs, things aren't looking so hot lately with a devastating loss to Arizona State Sun Devils last night. Despite an off-shooting night, Ramari Martin scored thir- 23 points, and his three-pointer with 37 seconds left uh, broke a 68 all-time and all-tie, and Arizona State held on to beat Oregon State 75-73 to in a wild finish on Sunday night. Ethan Thompson made the first of two free throws with just 13 seconds left to bring the Bees within two down 73 to 71. Rodge and Della secured the offensive rebound and threw it out to Thompson, but but then it got stolen by Jalen House, who forced the tie-up between Woods and Thompson, and the possession arrow favored Arizona State. So they got the jump ball, and Woods sank a pair of foul shots with five seconds left to go up to to go up four. And Thompson tried to get the Bees back in it late, but and it was just too much to for the Bees to handle. Jared Lucas finished with 15 while Thompson led all score with 18 and turnovers were the biggest factor in this game with the bees having a total of 15 turnovers compared to the Sun Devils just seven the Sun Devils scored 21 points off of the bees turnovers in the first half alone and that just allowed the Sun Devils to keep their lead and stay in this one and it ultimately got them the win. The bees suffer their third straight loss and are now back to 500 even in four and six overall in conference play. They are now eighth in the Pac-12 and are after being just in the top six a week ago off of those incredible wins, straight like three straight wins or whatever. Now they're on three straight losses, back to square one, unfortunately. They got to figure out their, like, they're scoring, they're scoring and scoring, but they're losing opportunities with their turnovers and their lack of defense, especially. Those are two main problems that they have to fix. It seems as right as we fix another problem, another, it's like the pieces can't just line up. Right as we fix another problem for the Bees, another one just slips out. They just got to try and balance everything together and keep, just keep the defense poised, keep the offense poised, because Ethan Thompson Jr. had a chance to get the tying three, and he got, worked away with the stolen ball and had he taken care of the ball he might have been able to get a shot up and put this game within one or even got a foul and got an and one three tied this thing up and send it into ot there's a lot of what ifs but the bees have got to fix some things especially on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of taking care of the ball so very unfortunate stretch for the bees and hopefully they can tighten things up to get back into the elite pac-12 rankings so thank you for tuning into another episode of Blake's Tape. Hope take. Hope you all enjoyed all of that and all of the bees and the ducks sports action. JJ Watt trade is going to be interesting. I'm hoping he goes with his brothers to the Pittsburgh. That's my opinion. And hope you all enjoyed that. You can catch me on Apple podcast, Spotify and or YouTube. I hope you all have a great rest of your night and I'll see you all tomorrow.